The following program is brought to you by nobody. We haven't got a sponsor yet. Well, it is our first show. And as you will learn in these podcasts, there's always hope. All right, let's give it a go. I'm Mike Sugarman. And I'm Janice Ray. We've been broadcast journalists for decades, mostly for CBS. And you have won more awards for your stories than we can fit into our small apartment. But you're too modest to ever say that. 17 Emmys for television, 10 Murrow Awards for radio. I'm not that modest. <laughs> but now I've got the most important story of my life to tell. Because I'm still rolling. I became paraplegic in February of 2022 after a medical mishap. And after 42 years of marriage, our lives went into the cement mixer. These podcasts try to explain what we and others in our condition are going through. I became a caregiver as well as a wife, and in doing things I never thought I'd have to. And we'll talk to other disabled people doing extraordinary things like traveling to 117 countries. And I just recently received a Guinness World Record for most countries traveled to in one year using a wheelchair. And some who continue to excel as athletes despite their disability and sometimes exceed their own expectations. You will see people flying super fast. You will see people falling, crashing. What's so funny about having stumps for arms? I actually just flew in from Indiana and boy are my arms missing! There are disabled comedians who have turned their situation into a career. We'll show you what it's like to roll the streets and sidewalks of the big city. Not pretty. Sidewalks probably been here a hundred years. And there's, uh, they're like potholes made with rocks. And we'll ride the subway with someone who's blind. And I fell in the subway track at Wall Street. Needless to say, I sustained a lot of injuries. I'm very happy to be here to talk to you. But first, an explanation of what happened to us, because I'm still rolling. You get that? I'm rolling in a wheelchair and our tape machine is rolling. Well, 1970 called it once its tape machine bad. We don't use tape in broadcasting right, digi anymore, digi Digital recording. Digital recording, yes. Okay. But that, that's the play on words. You rolled the tape through your decades of reporting, and you're still rolling in your chair. I lost two of my best friends recently. We were connected at the hip. Boy, did we have good times together, step by step. We ran together right from the start. They were there for my first baby steps. Little League Baseball? I couldn't hit or field. Boy, was I fast. That's why they let me play. One bent for me when I proposed to my wife. I was not surprised because you're a romantic, and I knew you had to get down on one knee to propose, and of course, I said yes. They helped me swing my kids and grandkids around and around and around and around, and we all got dizzy. And they kept asking for more and more and more and more. But that's not going to happen again. Two of my best friends, my legs, are gone. Well, they're here. They're just dead to me. I am a paraplegic. And to think that it all happened in the blink of an eye. This is a long story, so I won't start at the beginning. 
It's 20 years in the making, but on this February 22nd, 22222, which you think would be a lucky day, my luck ran out. I was at NYU Langone Hospital to have a TAAA, a thorough co-abdominal aortic aneurysm repair. It's one of the most risky operations that we do in aortic surgery. That's my surgeon, Dr. Aubrey Galloway, among the best in the business. 35 years of doing these things, and it's said to be one of the gnarliest operations you can have. It's open-heart surgery, and several sections of the spinal cord have to be tapped and bypassed. One of the nurses I had in my nine weeks of hospitalization and rehab says he's a hypochondriac, and a TAAA is his biggest fear. The operation? It's like going to a knife fight, unarmed and asleep. Now, let's get back to what led me here. Hi, Rescue. Yeah, somebody came running in saying one of our reporters were, were passed out. The year is 2001. I was working in San Francisco as a TV reporter. I did collapse after a day out in the field. The outfield, in fact. Giants all day, go baby. It happened to be opening day for the San Francisco Giants. This is about the ugliest shirt I've ever seen. Ugliest? This is fashion right here. This is high-quality Giants fashion that we're talking about. Yeah, it's really ugly. <laughs> that was my job. I covered the fun stuff generally, played with the fans, but at that moment, my body felt anything but fun. Do you have any shortness of breath? Yeah. Paramedics came as my insides felt like little army men with knives were at war with me. I never felt so bad. I had no idea what it was, and neither did doctors. It took six hours in the emergency room for them to figure it out, and then a six-hour operation which I survived, it was a miracle. You're one of the luckiest people in the round to be alive. Dr. Tom Pites, among the team, led by surgeon Elias Hanna, who saved me that night. Dr. Hanna had performed 12,000 such operations, many on the Vietnam battlefields, and mine was one of his hardest. He tried once to patch it up, it didn't work. He tried twice, didn't work. Tired and sweaty, he told the nurse to let my family know I wasn't going to make it. As she got to the operating room door, he said, wait, wait, wait a minute. I got another idea. Something he'd never done before, but it worked. And here I am. He came out and told my family I was okay. Dr. Hanna walked out, said, where's the wife? Walked up to me and said, I fixed him. Now I'm going home. Now, Dr. Hanna never told me any of those gory details. You know who did? Boy, can I go for a nice cold light beer from Miller? John Madden. Tastes terrific. And get this, it's less filling. John Madden's son was married to Dr. Hanna's daughter. There's really no name for that in English, but in Yiddish they have a word, makatunum. Anyway, at the golf course one day, Dr. Hanna shared details. I'm sure that's a HIPAA violation, but it turned out okay. Madden and I worked at the same radio station in San Francisco, and he told me all this at a station picnic. I knew it was difficult, but the intimate details of my life-saving operation came from a football and broadcast legend. It was an aortic dissection. The aorta, the main pipe out of the heart, split on the inside. Two tubes in one pipe 
but also massive bleeding. Few people survive when so big. Genetics, high blood pressure, and as we found out later, a connective tissue disorder were to blame. That tissue disease is called CBS. 35 years working for that company, and now it was my downfall. Well, you can't change genetics. Blood pressure changed because of drugs, and so did my personality. For that, you were like a bulldog. Very intense, uh, go, go, go all the time, in a good way. That was the man I fell in love with. After you mellowed way out and became Mr. Zen. So for 20 years, things went well. We left San Francisco to be closer to our two sons, Will and Max, who both ended up on the East Coast, and to help take care of our two grandkids in New York. First Charlie, then came Lana. We were semi-retired. But then the bottom part of the aorta started to get bigger, and Dr. Galloway thought it was time to fix it. When uh, aortic dissection reaches a certain size, that patient is at risk of rupturing the aorta from the, from the aneurysm. As I mentioned, this is a gnarly operation, and Dr. Galloway told us of the risks. There was a risk uh, of dying from the surgery of about 5% to 7%, and a risk of paralysis of about five to seven percent. Well, I didn't die. I didn't beat all the odds, though, even though the operation was a success. I don't, I can't even remember how many hours, but at night, sometime in the evening, about eight o'clock, Dr. Galloway called and said it all went exactly as planned. But the pain from the surgery, oh my God, I wish I was dead. It would have been so much easier. I was praying to die. I watch shows like Monk and Columbo on the off channels the hospital provides. You know, there's only one thing that I'm not clear about. There's a murder in every one. And I thought, why can't I just die like that? That would have been so much easier. It didn't seem fair I had to go through such misery when one gunshot to the head and all feelings gone. I almost got there. One night, my wife and older son, Will, were lovingly holding hands in a meditation of sorts, and my brain told me all I had to do was let go, and all my pain would be gone. Just let go and die. So easy, so inviting. I even said I wish my younger son, Max, was here, which alarmed Janice and Will, because that's sometimes what people who are getting ready to die want, everyone they love around. But I didn't let go. Could things get worse? Yep. Three days after the surgery, I came to the hospital, and Mike said to me, I told the nurse, I can't feel my feet. I had to go find the nurse in question, who was sitting out in the nurse's station, and I said, my husband cannot feel his feet. The nurse sort of started to whip into action, looking for phone numbers of people to call, and I said, you call Dr. Galloway. I'll call Dr. Galloway. I know who to call. And that's how I became paralyzed. I was one of the unlucky 5% that we were warned about that can become paralyzed even after a successful operation. I just never thought it's going to be me. Dr. Galloway came straight away. As soon as I heard about that, I ran, ran over there and started to do what he could, including raising my blood pressure so high, 
that I had a seizure. There was no damage to the brain, they tell me, but like the old joke, they took x-rays of my brain and found nothing. Anyway, his strategy didn't work. Blood had stopped flowing from the spinal cord for a time to my legs. A spinal stroke. I was paralyzed. and couldn't feel anything from the breast down, a T4 they call it. Luckily my arms weren't affected. And so I joined more than half a million people in the U.S. with a spinal cord injury. 17,000 new cases each year. It's mostly men, mostly from macho stuff. Car accidents, falls, some kind of violence, sports injury. 4% from medical and surgical problems. 4%. Again, I hit the reverse jackpot. And so off to rehab to learn how to go about my new life. Uh, you are very, very weak. Uh, you were paralyzed uh, from in both of your legs. You required maximal assistance of really two to three people to transfer from the bed to the wheelchair. Dr. Jeff Cohn is director of Rusk Rehabilitation North, and he handled my case. Getting from the bed to the wheelchair, don't kid yourself. That takes some doing. It's a big deal for a rookie paraplegic. And that's the kind of stuff they teach you in rehab, getting from one place to the other. Remember, I don't have legs that work. And I think your family was really a wonderful family, very involved. Your wife, uh, we got her involved pretty early on. In fact, Jan has spent 10 hours a day with me in rehab and has learned more than she ever wanted to know about taking care of a paraplegic. I tell her she's like Ginger Rogers, who did everything Fred Astaire did, except backwards and in high heels. And finally, after 16 days in the hospital and 43 days in rehab, I was home. Yeah, there would be another week in the hospital soon because of 104 temperature and infection. But I was home, and I planned to stay. I probably just jinxed it. But I'm ready to start my new life. Expectations in the medical community aren't great. Uh, Do you think I'll ever walk again? Unfortunately, I think it's unlikely at this point. You think I'll ever walk again? I think that it's not inconceivable. But the opinion of the person I care most about? Oh, I have put in my order to my goddesses who rule the universe in no uncertain terms that you are going to walk again. And I am, I have no apologies for asking for that. Me? My head says one thing, my heart another. Truth is, I'm happy to make it through the day right now. I'm a baby paraplegic, still learning to get through the day. Walking? That's not on my mind right now. I've talked to a lot of people in the community who say a year from now, I won't be saying, gee, I'm glad that happened. But maybe, I can't believe how far I've come. That is what's on my mind right now and little tasks I aim for, which come day to day. And that is all I ask the goddesses for now. Maybe someday, they'll bring two of my best friends back. I'm Janice Wright. And I'm Mike Sugarman. And I'm still rolling. Okay, you made it all the way through. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And if you like us, I mean, you don't have to, you know, love us. But if you're interested, 
then please follow the show and leave us a review. Even if you don't like us, please do it anyway. Okay. You know the drill. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts or go to acast.com and type in I'm Still Rolling. That's A-C-A-S-T, acast.com. Okay, got to roll. See you next time. See you next time.